you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Taking your calls and texts. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Also the Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200. Got cover three on the way. Also Mark Medina from NBA.com will join us at 3.30 to talk about the NBA playoffs as Boston and Milwaukee have a very pivotal game five tonight. But, of course, we'll scatter shoot around the league. Also ask about those L.A. Lakers. I know there's a lot of L.A. Laker fans uh, that listen to the show, so I want to get the thoughts. Vinny Buss has said that, uh, that team is unacceptable, and they're paying all that money, the fourth highest payroll in the league, and they're not getting their results. So uh, I want to get Mark's thoughts on what Jeannie Buss had to say and uh, see if he thinks that, well, Jeannie, you need to look in the mirror. You're signing off on things. <laughs> You're allowing all these things to happen. I saw, I saw a funny note that she's getting advice from Phil Jackson, Magic Johnson, and LeBron James. Those are the three that she's getting her ex- Ex-coach, ex-player, and then LeBron. Current player coach. Right. A lot of exes going on there. <laughs> that's like me That's like me calling the ex and being like, hey, what do you think me and the wife should do at the house? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I know that you've got great ideas. That's oh, why you're my ex. I've heard them before. Right. <laughs> they were BS then. <laughs> They're BS now. But uh, we'll do that coming up at 3.30. Also throwing out there the question, uh, a lot of good things have been done by this regime. Has there been a decision made or a couple decisions made this offseason so far that you thought were mistakes? Could be anything. It's all good. Again, 702-365-9200. I did get a tweet from AK Raider. said, Q, I've really enjoyed the new regime's approach, but I wanted to see them pick up a veteran right tackle. Honestly, I probably would have kept Ngakwe over Jones if it meant we had someone we could trust to slow down the AFC West pass rush. And, you know what? That's a great tweet. And the reason why, if you look at the division, this is something I've been saying. We could talk about firepower all day. We could talk about the quarterbacks all day. The winner of the AFC West this year, mark my words, is going to be the team with the best bookend tackles. I promise you. Every team in the division has really good pass rushers, if not elite pass rushers. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, that's for the Raiders. You got... um. Randy Gregory is there in, uh, in in Denver. He's got some sidekicks as well. And I'm sorry, I can't name them right now, but he's got some sidekicks. Khalil Mack, you got uh, Joey Bosa there with the with the charge. I mean, there's there's great pass rushers in this division. The guys that are going to really have their work cut out for them are the tackles. What offensive linemen, what tackles are going to be the best of the best? Those are going to win games. The ones that can keep their quarterback clean are going to win games. Going to see Kansas City has some really good pass rushers. Jared's in the studio. Didn't even mention Kansas City has some really good pass rushers. Interior on and on the edge. I mean, yes, but I'm also the die easy. Like, I'm not die easy. I'm I'm the, the super afraid all the time. I lived through the two-win season. <laughs> like, hey. I, like anytime, anytime that, like, hey, we didn't pick at the top five. Yeah. Hey, look, brother. I thought Patrick, I I would have stuck with Alex Smith because consistently we got to the playoffs. Really, you were like, one of those. Well, I like, co- I covered like, Patrick in the Big Twelve, so I, I knew he was a hell of a player. Okay, but I I was just like, but but we don't we're we're not horrible. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: we got this text directed at you. Since you do have a Chiefs fan on there, what is his opinion on the killer AFC West? Because we don't have any Chiefs fans out here in uh, East San Jose. I mean, in in my mind, this is going to be the most either the most insane division in all of football or it's going to be 
what the NFC East was for several years where it was like, oh, they just beat the crap out of each other. Right, right, right. I can see that. I, th- I think that's what's going to happen this like, year. I think everyone's going to beat up on each other. I really do. And it's just like, all right, I guess the team with nine wins because everybody lost everybody, everybody beat everybody, right. and this guy got hurt, so that team's healthiest. They get to go. I don't, I don't see a team sweeping any team this year. I really don't. I don't think any team's going to sweep any team. Uh, maybe Denver gets swept because I'm still not 100% sold on what they got going on. But I think the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders are all going to just beat the hell out of each other. They're going to go out back and just bloody knuckle it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, and, it's going to be violent. Right, exactly. And whoever whoever wins that fight is going to be the one that wins the, the West. Uh, let's go lines. And I just talked to Jared in studio. Let's talk to Jared here in Vegas. Jared, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Q. How's it going? I'm blessed, man. How are you doing? Oh, I feel the same. I feel the same, man. My pops is in town, about to go down to the the Caesars Ultima and check some stuff out. You know, I love my bets. So, um, you you know, uh, I I was thinking about what you were asking, and for me, it's got to be that game in NOLA. Um, It's a family affair. I got family in in, uh, New Orleans, and my sister is a diehard um, Ains fan. So um, (laughs) this is a family affair. I got her last time, and she knows it's coming again. Nice, dang sir, and uh, and if I was gonna pick on things, I mean, there's a there's a few things. They're a new regime. I can't say that everything has been perfect, nor would I know everything has been perfect. But I would have to say, man, locking up someone like Teron Armstead would have been money um, for my money because I got it all invested in those futures. If you know what I mean, and um, right. not having cars front side protected like the backside. It gives me a little bit of pause. So um, I got, and one more thing is I, I hear a lot about this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know the details, but if Patrick Graham is only a one-year deal, that's a that's a mistake. That's a big mistake. The regime should have tried harder to lock him down. Lock him down was something that we could at least hold some feet to the fire so he can't just be up out and and the head of a new team by the end of the year. Because I see great things coming with this team, and um, I know what you say about the uh, the team with the best tackles, but I would say it's going to be the team with the best bookends because um, we can play these 28 to 27 games or these uh, high-scoring games we played last year, but you know what we got this year? We got dudes that know when it's closing time, and I know Max knows when it's closing time, and I know we have a lot of lover- lovers out there what – Yannick did, but bro, you got to box in, you got to set an edge, and you can't chase without and give up contain. And I saw that far too much, far too much out of that man. That's my position. That's what I grew up playing. Um, I love what Chandler Jones does. Man, he does not only set an edge. He does not only box in that, that tackle who's trying to do something but he can one hand throw that dude to the side and go get that quarterback so i feel it's the bookends that say who wins this division i like what you do thank you hey hey, thank you for the call my man i appreciate you representing for jared jared and jared we had that back to back i like that uh good call man 702-365-9200 and look i mean there's it's going to be a lot of obviously factors that go into it but uh, I do think that everything that has been going on and the, the way that this team has been been put together has been very positive, and I think it's given the Raiders a puncher's chance. Now, of course, that's all you could ask for in this division because, as we've mentioned multiple times, it is going to be a very tough division. Let's go out to our guy in L.A., Gangsta Gangsta. Gangsta Raider, welcome to the show. 
Hey, what's happening, man? What's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, to answer your question, the only mistake I think they made is not bringing in a veteran right tackle. You know what I'm saying? That's the only yep. thing I think they did wrong. And um, a lot of people have been hitting me up about um, my son's birthday. They think it's this Wednesday. It's not today. It's next Wednesday, May 18th, yep. 6 p.m., Raiders Tavern and Grill. And I just want to tell Raider Nation, we finna have an epic season because not only, not only do we get to start it off by going to Canton and celebrating Cliff, we get to go to New Orleans, we get to go to Pittsburgh, we get to go to Seattle. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we all going to travel. A lot of us going to travel there, and we're going to have a great epic city. We're going to win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? And if the offense do what we're supposed to do and the defense step up like we want to, we're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be an epic season, and we're going to have a good time. I'll just tell the Raider Nation, get ready. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it with pride and poise because we back. You know what I'm saying? No more, you know, worried about angst and all this and worry about what could happen, what could happen. We back. We're going to have a great season. Let's get ready to do it. And um, I see y'all next week when I get out there with me and my boy. All right, keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. All right, there he goes. Gangster Raider, like the call. Appreciate that. No doubt about it. Make sure you have fun. Uh, you and your son celebrating his birthday. It's going to be awesome. I'll say this, man. Uh, we've had a couple calls now about New Orleans. That is my probably second favorite city. I love being here in Las Vegas, but I love New Orleans. And I'll tell you, back in 2020 when – uh, well, ultimately, we ended up with the pandemic. But before that, Baylor had just secured their spot in the Sugar Bowl. So I had to go to New Orleans to cover the Sugar Bowl on New Year's. Woe is me. What a bad assignment I had. I'll tell you, Jared, I conquered New Orleans. New Orleans had no answer for your boy. I went to bed late, and I got up early, and I conquered New Orleans. I thought 2020 was going to be my year. I really did, because look, this is what was going to happen. Going to go to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. Then going to go to Miami for the Super Bowl. Then going to come to Vegas for the draft. Well, two out of three happened because obviously the pandemic kicked in. So we never had a, uh, we never had the draft here in Vegas. And then I got sick when I was in Miami. And hell, I might have had COVID before COVID was like a thing because I got terribly sick when I was in Miami where I didn't even go to any of the parties. And I go, you know me, I'm about to get out and get out and do some things. I didn't go to any parties I didn't go to anything that was available to me in Miami of all places. Like, I was supposed to live. I was supposed to do it big, right? I thought I was going to have the best year ever. Miami was a fail, and then the draft never happened here in Vegas. I'm just imagining you walking over puddles in New Orleans. Oh, dude, I killed it. Of, oh, like, I killed it. Human. A dog. A dog. <laughs> I mean, literally, when I say that I got to bed late, I would literally walk into my hotel room about 5 a.m. every single morning. I would shut down Bourbon Street with my my roommate, my roommate Paul, and I wore him out. I wore his tail out, man. This dude, he couldn't he man, he looked terrible by the end of the trip. I don't know why I was so invincible that trip, but I was. Like what? there was nothing that could stop me on that trip to New Orleans. Well, as somebody who lived with you for a week. And- <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, uh, in LA. Yeah, I get it. Did you, did you happen to have a third roommate who would come in a little later? No, 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 we did not. We did not have a guy that would come strolling in at 2 a.m. and wake you up and say, hey, let's watch a movie. <laughs> that was good times in, in L.A. except for my stuff getting stolen. But everything else was great. Everything else was fantastic. But, yeah, I, I owned New Orleans, my man. I absolutely owned it. Let's go back out to the phone lines. ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? 
Uh, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. I uh, hope you won't get mad, but I just called in just so I can get it in because you know, I'm making calls today. I just need the questions. I can almost sure I can answer whatever questions about the Raiders if you just ask it. Oh, okay, okay. Has there been a decision made this offseason that you didn't agree with or you thought was a mistake that the front office made? Uh, that's to be determined because it's just way too early. So far, I think they've done – uh, everything right, but we won't know if it's right until until the season starts. Uh, maybe they should have went out and got a right tackle, but you know they put together the team they thought that they needed right then and there, okay, and made the changes they thought they needed to make. And clearly, the right tackle is going to be a big thing, and so uh, that almost emphasizes not to put Leatherwood out there. I mean, just think about him going against Khalil Mack. I mean, we're going to put my man in the graveyard. <laughs> Derek Carr, I mean, that's just, you and you begging for abuse. Please abuse me. Please. Please. Okay, and so, I mean, that's it. So you got to get a right tackle. I don't care where you get it from. The garbage can, something. Okay, you know, got to find a right tackle. Okay, leave my man at guard. Please. Okay, but uh, other than that, that, that's pretty much all I have. And I have the next great quarterback uh, for the Raiders. Okay. We've already got one, and that's uh, Plummer. You know, and he transferred over to uh, – Jake Plummer's son transferred over to Cal. And I saw the highlights. He looks like an NFL quarterback already. They're, they're Google and Gaga at, at Berkeley at that pickup right there. Nice. Okay. Uh, and so we'll find out against Notre Dame what he's about because he got two cupcakes to start the season. But that game against Notre Dame, we'll find out if he's an NFL quarterback. So just a little – Little tip right in your backyard. I like it. Anyway, that's all I have to say, man. Go Raiders. Great call. Great call. Thank you so much for that. NBA Ivan Davis just wanted to be part of the show today. He said, you know what? I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but I'm about to find out. I'm about to find out exactly what they're talking about. I'm just going to call, get on with your boy, and we're going to hook it up. We're going to hook it up like a dump truck. Let's take uh, one more quick call. Let's go out to New Jersey. Talk to our guy, Mitch. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Quick, you better lose that word. It's never quick with me. That's what she said. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like same person at a time. It's it's overcast. I got I got I got. It's a family, it's a family show here. So I, know. I won't comment on that. But that's going. Same person at of the time here back here. It's like Seattle. You must have sun every day. Yep. It's incredible. But anyway, I the offense is going to win this division. I still wonder why they could. I and I love the draft. Great wires and a great trade for Adam, Adam Jones. Like, I like the the difference on the, the drafted, but I wish they could have kept um, Solomon Thomas. And of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up this guy's name. Um, you know you you know who I'm referring to. He left too. They both signed with other teams. They could have kept those two two two, two guys. There is Unique. Oh, Unique and Gakwe. Unique and Gakwe. Yeah, they traded him. Yeah, Yenink they traded Gakwe. him to the Colts. Yep. And, but then they go bring bring in um, Jones. Mm-hmm. They had a draft alignment. They could and Solomon Thomas is I think was coming his own. He's going to have a good year. That's all I got to say. All right. Hey, Mitch, thank you. Thank- pay your salary. <laughs> right. Hey, good call, my man. Thank you so much. And uh, stay safe there in New Jersey. We definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I think, liked what Solomon Thomas brought to the table. I think a lot of people liked what Quentin Jefferson brought to the table. Uh, they just weren't scheme fits, in my opinion, with what Patrick Graham wants to get done. He wants guys that are the big body guys. He wants the 300-pounders. He wants the, you know, the, the beef in the middle to stop the run. I mean, if you look at the defensive tackles that he has on the roster right now, and he has about eight of them, they're all nine, they're all three bills plus. 
<laughs> I mean, simple as that. He wants to stop the run. That was something that was not a priority with Gus Bradley. It was more, I want the quick, faster defensive tackles that can that can shoot the gap and get to the quarterback. That's what he wanted. And that's fine. That was what his scheme was all about. Patrick Graham is different. Going back to uh, a call that we had about Patrick Graham being on a one-year deal or whatever like that, I don't think he's on a one-year deal. I don't know. Did you look it up or whatever? I just know that he's no longer like whenever I looked it up, I couldn't find a, a like an extensive amount of details. Right. I, I don't know, know the, the details. Giant. I don't know the details on his contract. What I've been saying about Patrick Graham is he's not going to be a D coordinator a long time. He's going to end yeah. up, especially if he if he has the kind of season with that Raiders defense that I think he's going to have, he's going to end up being a head coach sooner rather than later. That's that's what I've been saying. And I say the same thing about Champ Kelly. He's not going to be an assistant GM very long either. He's going to be a GM of his own team sooner rather than later. Those are a couple of guys to keep your eye on. But it's also smart for the Raiders to go and bring in guys that they know at some point are going to move on and that they have the talent and they have the ability to, to have their own team. Hell, Patrick Graham interviewed for the head coaching job with New York, and a lot of people thought he was going to get the job. And I think the Raiders got fortunate that he didn't get the job, and so they wanted to keep him on as defensive coordinator. Brian Dayball, who got the job in New York, wanted to keep him on as DC, and he decided to bounce, which was great for the Raiders. I think that was a hell of a pickup for the silver and black. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be around long because I don't think he's going to be around long. I think he will be a head coach sooner rather than later. But, hey, enjoy him while, while you have him. They have a lot of young guys up and coming right behind him, and hopefully he can coach them up and still keep that continuity. That's what it's all about. Not necessarily always the guy calling the shots. It's the continuity and the scheme. You don't want to every year start changing the scheme and, okay, well, these guys don't fit with what we do now. You know, that's that's what you don't want. So uh, thank you for all the feedback. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, you can keep it coming. I got a couple cover three notes that we'll get to in just a few minutes. Uh, when we come back, this is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple notes that I want to get to before uh, we talk to Mark Medina from NBA.com, talking all things NBA playoffs. Game 5 tonight between the Celtics and the Bucks is going to happen, and usually the winner of Game 5 goes on to win the series. So I'm uh, very excited about that series. We'll talk all things NBA coming up in a matter of minutes. But how about this cool little note? Commander's rookie quarterback, Sam Howell, has a eating preference. And when I say that, I say that with all due respect. Commander's rookie quarterback, Sam Howell, says he only eats chicken. He's never tried a burger or a steak, and he won't eat seafood. He orders chicken tenders at steakhouses and brings his own tenders to team dinners. Now, I'm not mad at you for eating what you want to eat, but brother, if you've got to bring your own tenders to dinner or to team meetings, you've got a problem. <laughs> I'm saying, like, you guys, I'm looking at Jared across the studio right here, and Jared's looking like, what in the hell? <laughs> what is really going on? I'm glad you weren't on mic when you said what you are almost about to say. Well, I'm just like, I I actively don't stay kosher, and it's just like sit, this guy's sitting there like chicken only, and I'm like, chicken but, but, only. But b- bacon's been banned by two major religions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, look, I may, I don't know. I'm trying to think. As I'm reading that, I was trying to think, what, what? food could I just say okay I'm just not gonna eat you know what I mean I I used to be I wasn't a big steak guy until I went to Texas and then all of a sudden I became a big steak guy so now a bone and ribeye is like that's all I ever want when I go to a steakhouse um so I don't think steak I could turn my back on now I could at one point at one point I'd be like okay that's the one that is not a big deal I mean seafood I love seafood 
I'm trying to think, but it's like what, like what would be the one out of all that you'd say? Like chicken, I'm not. I mean, I ain't giving up chicken. I'm a bruh. We're we're eating we're eating chicken, man. I mean, maybe, I'm not eating it like that though. I'm not bringing my own tenders to the own party. You know what I mean? Maybe like a sea fish, like it, like not like I like because I'm not giving like up, I love salmon. I love salmon, so no, I'm not I'm not giving up salmon seafood. Salmon might be the one that I give up over like a catfish or a whitefish. No, I'm not giving up catfish. No way. I love yeah, me some like catfish. Something, something from the ocean. I'll give up something from the ocean. Oh man, I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm looking at it in a burger. I, I do love me some good burgers, but it's got to be a good burger. I've I've become I don't want to say bougie, but I'm very like selective now with my burger selection. It's not it's not. It used to be I just to go around the corner and you know whatever and get a burger as long as it had bacon on it. I was happy. Now I'm just like, eh, that's not really that good of a burger. You know what I mean? I'm a big hangover burger guy. I like hangover burgers, and and what I mean by that is the one that has the fried the fried egg on it. Yeah, I like those a lot. I can't get those good, but every time I see it on the menu, it's like sucks me in, and I have to order it. And then I'm mad because oh, this wasn't the place to get the yeah, hangover burger. That's, when you get it when you get it wrong, you're like, oh, cool. Now I'm just there's some places and mad. there's some places that are right around the corner from my house that serve a hangover burger that aren't that good, and the service ain't that good. Just gonna throw it out there like that. Not, not. I don't want to. I don't want to mention who they are because I don't want to give them that advertisement. I don't want to send anyone there and they'd be upset. But we heard it was terrible. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's see if he's right. So that I thought that was kind of cool. Sam Howell only have, eats chicken. Never, never tried a burger or a steak, according to him. Have you ever met uh, local uh, reporter Mike Grimala? Uh I've met him, but I don't think he likes me. I, I, I that's just I think that's just man I'm just gonna let you know that might just be his face because he's also the dude that like he likes his steaks well done. I heard he, isn't, he the, isn't he the non ranch guy? He's the non anything guy. Okay. Like a salad to him is just lettuce. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. dry lettuce. Well, maybe he saw that I was a let me eat everything guy and he gave me the the stank face look, or maybe he just no, maybe he had to poop. I mean, because. <laughs> You know the thizz face in the bay when we had the yeah. thizz face? It's like we smell something bad. Maybe he had the thizz face going that day. I don't know. But hes I, I've always heard good things about him. No, he's a great guy. But he uh, his favorite meal is a is a plain, like a, a baked chicken breast from Outback State House by, like, plain. Plain, huh? Huh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude. But apparently Sam Howell is. And apparently Sam Howell is only a chicken dude. And has never had a burger. I just can't. I can't believe that never in his life did he try a burger. Like no time was he growing up as a kid. Was like, oh, I'm gonna go to get a burger. You, like even when you went to like a friend's house, or you went to a friend, like you went any like. Sometimes. You, did you uh, you yeah? Did you guys ever have to travel whenever you were playing sports as a kid? Like like yeah, of you, course. Like, you, sometimes it's like you're at McDonald's. Suck it up. I always got nuggets when I went to McDonald's as a kid. Yeah, that's I was always a nugget yeah. guy, and then I wasn't. <laughs> then you, then you were like, and then I wasn't. Been... I've graduated. I've graduated from certain certain establishments. I think uh, it's just it's like an age group. Once you get to a certain age, you're like, yeah, okay, I can't. That's not my suggestion. I can't go there. Uh, I do like me some Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> I, and that's the place near my house that I do like. <laughs> so there you go. There's that. So there's burger and and, and seafood and steak talk. Uh, 101. And another little quick note, Nate Peterman, former uh, backup quarterback for the Raiders, has signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. So there you go. Nate Peterman, the gift yep. that keeps on giving. He's not the Raiders' backup anymore that was on the John Gruden scholarship. Now he's now in Chicago as a backup to Justin Fields. So uh, there you go. So that, that'll, uh, that, that'll be a couple cover three notes I have 
for you. Right now on the phone lines, we have Mark Medina from NBA.com, ready to talk a little NBA playoffs. And, Mark, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And before we get into the playoffs, I wanted to ask you, we have a lot of people here that listen to or love the Lakers. And, of course, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. Jeannie Buss said it's not acceptable. Uh, They had the fourth highest payroll. Something's got to give. So I ask you, Mark, what has to give in L.A. for them to get back to where they need to be? Well, they got to hire a head coach. It has to be the right one, number one. Number two, they got to find a way, uh, come hell or high water, to get off of Russell Westbrook's contract. And I know easier said than done because he hasn't had a good season. He's expected to exercise his $47 million player option. But even if the Lakers have to move the goalpost with getting, you know, role players um, and having to give up some draft picks, I think that that is – the necessary cost of doing business because he just wasn't a good fit in any role that he played with the Lakers. And I can't see even with another year and a new head coach that that will dramatically improve. So that's number one. And then, you know, find ways for LeBron James and Anthony Davis to stay healthy. Right, no doubt. And, you know, one of the things I saw that Jeannie Buss said is that she's been taking advice from Phil Jackson, which is her ex, who was talking to Magic Johnson, was a former coach and obviously a great player for the Lakers, and then taking advice from LeBron as well. Is that the right combination that she should be listening to those people? Well, I think the devil is in the details. And even though Jeannie Buss talked a little bit more in detail, we don't quite know the full scope. I think, you know, on the surface level, it's certainly not bad to talk to Phil Jackson, Magic Johnson, LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James, one of the best players of all time. Magic Johnson, the best point guard of all time. Phil Jackson, the best coach of all time. I think the danger, though, with that uh, involves two things. One, you know, there can be so many cooks in the kitchen. You don't know mm-hmm. who's ultimately making the decision, even though they say Rob Palenka is doing that. When you have so many voices, does that dilute the decision-making process uh, while also – uh, leaving them without, you know, having accountability because it's not like they have a full-time position. They're just kind of, you know, informal voices. And the number two, when you're looking at specifically Phil Jackson and Magic Johnson, they, they haven't had a good track record as an executive. Phil Jackson wasn't good with the Knicks. Um, he left them in shambles, wasn't able to, uh, you know, solve problems there, went through different head coaches alienated their star player with Carmelo Anthony. When you look at Magic Johnson, you know, he abruptly quit. He left Jeannie Buss hanging out to dry announcing his resignation in front of the media as opposed to telling Jeannie Buss in person ahead of time. And so, you know, with that, I have a little bit more concerns than, you know, I think sources of comfort because those guys have credentials. And I think when you look at this all big picture and the totality, you know, Jeannie Buss is saying in that interview, on one hand, yeah, she's as upset as any Laker fan. It's unacceptable for the Lakers not to let alone make the playoffs but make the play-in tournament. But when she's relying on the kind of the, the same old familiar voices, will she do enough to try to address the problem? And so I think that's the question that they'll have to answer moving forward. Talking right now with Mark Medina from NBA.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. How about in Brooklyn? Uh, Sean Marks was speaking today. He's the GM of the Nets, and he didn't sound real committal to Kyrie Irving and uh, his situation, and he mentioned availability and wanting to be all in. What do you think happens in, in Brooklyn with Kyrie and that team? Yeah, it's interesting because at the end of the day, Uh, I think that, you know, Kevin Durant has a strong voice. You know, he made it sound like Sean Marks that it's not like Kevin Durant's going to, you know, play shadow GM. But I think that most organizations, including the Nets, make moves knowing the temperature of how their star player feels. And as of now, 
Kevin Durant, um, you know, has been adamant that he likes Kyrie Irving, doesn't hold against him, that he was just a part-time player last season because of the vaccine uh, mandate issue. And so I think, you know, what Sean Marks' message was, both to Kyrie and the rest of the roster, was that uh, we're going to draw our line in the sand with this year where we're not going to commit beyond anything next season. So I don't think that the Nets are going to trade Kyrie Irving, but I also don't think that they're going to sign him to an extension. This is going to be the ultimatum of, hey, whether it's Kyrie or Ben Simmons, will you put up or shut up this upcoming season? If you don't, uh, all options are on the table. So it'll be interesting because the Nets drew a line in the sand at the beginning of last year saying that we're not going to allow Kyrie to be a part-time player. All of a sudden they shifted course because they needed him to be available because they're having so many injuries. Wonder if the, the Nets wind up wavering after this. But, you know, if I'm Kyrie, I, I kind of have my antenna up a little bit um, thinking that, hey, maybe I'm, I'm not as – untouchable as I thought I once was. Talking some NBA playoffs right now with Mark Medina from NBA.com. And how about the game tonight? I'm excited about this one. Boston and Milwaukee, it's all knotted up at two. Pivotal game five. We know how it goes. Teams that win game five usually go on to win the series. This has been one. It's been like a knock them out, take them out back, beat them up type series. And that's what Boston's MO has been since the playoffs that got started this uh, this season. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, how do you see in this game? What do you think is going to be the key to this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I can see it going either way. I know historically you made a really good point that usually the winners of Game 5 wind up winning the series, but uh, who knows? Like, this has been such a dramatically unpredictable series as far as who wins. I think it's inevitable whoever wins tonight, it goes to seven games, and you can really flip a coin on who wins that seventh game. I mean, I think Giannis can perfectly bounce back from his performance and be peak Giannis again. He has as much as the Bucks want Chris Middleton back. You know, Drew Holiday is a really good player and reliable on both ends of the floor. Bobby Portis is an ultimate energy player. But the Celtics, you know, they've been the best team in the NBA ever since the second half of the season because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been a really good one-two punch. And, you know, they also have a really good supporting cast led by Marcus Smart that makes them a formidable opponent. I honestly don't know who's going to win this series. So if you ask me questions – about the rest of the playoff series, I can give you predictions. That's going to be Golden State <laughs> closing out against Memphis tonight. I think the Miami Heat wrap up game six tomorrow. Um, I think the Suns advance, whether it's in six or seven games against Dallas. But this other series, Bucks celtics uh, flip a coin. It's that evenly matched. You know, it's been a lot of fun to watch, so it really has. And, and you know, Boston, I'll, I'll admit, I wasn't a huge believer. I thought that they were just, you know, they were getting on a nice little run, like you mentioned, and then they beat up on the Nets. And I thought that that was more the Nets struggling than Boston being great. But, man, Boston's been fantastic. If they knock off the Bucks, I mean, what, what's going to stop them? Who's going to stop them? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the Miami Heat, they're a real deal. They got Jimmy Butler, yeah. even though Kyle Lowry's been struggling with injuries. I mean, they, the heat culture's a real thing. So um, I would give the edge to the Boston Celtics. So it's not like they're going to face, you know, a doormat in, in the Miami Heat. It's mm -hmm. going to be a competitive six- or seven-game series. But I, I think what Boston has shown in this second half of the year is the point I was making, that they're the best team in the league right now. And I was very surprised because I thought that – while I did understand it would agree their, their shortcomings had to do with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just weren't having enough games together. I just thought that it was the same old story 
in other years where, you know, they're just hitting a brick wall and there's a separation between them being a really good team versus being, you know, the elite in the Eastern Conference. Um, so I'm pleasantly surprised, but you got to, you know, really uh, give a lot of praise to Ime Odoko. Um, mm-hmm. He's been a really good coach. He's been able to hold those guys accountable as well as bring the best out of them. So the sky's the limit, but, you know, I think when you're looking at this whole field, um, there's a lot of teams I think can win the title whether it's Boston, Milwaukee, Miami on the west side of things, it could be Golden State, Phoenix. Uh, it, it feels like you know every scenario is possible in this uh, NBA postseason. It really does. We're talking all things NBA playoffs right now with Mark Medina from NBA.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What did we witness last night from Joel Embiid and James Harden with Philly? What, what was that? Yeah, well, I think with Joel Embiid, I have a little bit more understanding. Look, he's coming out of concussion protocol. He's getting beat up and battered. He's you know, I give him credit that he's at least fighting through it. He didn't look like the Joel Embiid that I thought should have won MVP, but, you know, uh, he made the best of what he could do, and he deserves credit for not backing down. I put a lot more uh, blame on James Harden. He had, not, yep. he had not shown up for most of the postseason, uh, and yesterday was no exception. And I thought it was a red flag throughout the postseason that uh, when Tobias Harris and Ty- Tyrese Maxey were playing really well, Hey, kudos to them, but James Harden should be outperforming them. And the reason why James Harden should be outperforming them is he's on paper a better player, but also uh, second-tier players tend to have off nights. And they had off nights yesterday, and James Harden did not elevate his game to account for that. And so it's very puzzling, and I think that that raises a lot of questions of, you know, can he still have the same explosiveness that Mm -hmm. he had in his prime? Can he still be... Uh, relied upon as an all-star caliber player and i think unfortunately for the sixers he answered those questions that no you cannot so right. i think that the sixers you know might be tough for daryl Morey to accept this because he loves james harden ever since his days with the rockets but i think they have to think you know what even though it wasn't a full season post trade deadline was enough to know uh you know maybe they can be unstoppable in the pick and roll show on bead but James Harden just isn't a good enough player to commit long-term anymore. Well, exactly. And that was going to be my final question I asked you is about the long-term. I mean, there's there's decisions that got to be made in Philly. I mean, James Harden could opt in and, and, and play for $45 million this year, or he can opt out and expect a, a max deal. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't give him that max money. I mean, what do they do in Philly? Yeah, um, I would – if he opts in, I say, hey, what can I get in a deal? If he opts out, I blink and say, you know what? Uh, the market will decide what you're worth and see what other teams are interested in you. I agree. Uh, that's how reliable it is. Look, the Sixers are not about just trying to make the postseason. They have Joel Embiid. He's trying to win a championship. And I think, you know, as Harden has shown, uh, he doesn't have the necessary ingredients to win a title. And you know what? In fairness, they came close. They were, you know, the best team to challenge the Golden State Warriors during the dynasty. Mm-hmm. Years. But James Harden's best days are behind him, yep. and I don't see it ever getting better. I agree. I agree 100%. Great stuff, Mark. We definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out on NBA.com that we need to be able to look out for? Hey, well, look, I just had a, a piece on Clay Thompson nice. uh, on the Warriors, how he's trying to tap into, you know, off-the-court hobbies to handle the highs and lows of the postseason. But, yeah, I'll be covering – uh, the Warriors run uh, if there's a game six uh, against Memphis, but uh, I'll be on the road regardless of who's uh, playing the Western Conference Finals, so it should be a fun one. I like it. I like it. Well, great stuff. We'll have to get you back on uh, for the next round and continue to talk some NBA playoffs, but uh, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you.
All right, thanks so much. Appreciate you. All right, there he goes. Mark Medina, NBA.com. You can find him on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina, talking all things NBA playoffs. And I'm with him 1 million percent when it comes to James Harden. That dude, he could opt in. Think about this, Raider Nation, and then we'll take a break. This dude could opt in and make $45 million for one year next season. Or he can opt out and expect the Philadelphia 76ers to give him a max deal that's going to pay him $250 million. And I'll tell you this, I wouldn't do either. I would hope that he opts out and I would tell him to kick rocks. I just don't think he is a winner and definitely don't think he's the guy that he used to be. 342 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close up shop. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to my guy, Mark Medina from NBA.com. Joined us in the last segment to talk all things NBA playoffs and also just talk some NBA in general. Got a few minutes left to close up shop. 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Would love to hear from you. Has there been a decision made this offseason so far that you thought was a mistake? It could be anything. Paying for Devontae Adams. Not keeping Casey Hayward around. We've heard not bringing in a right tackle. Not bringing in a veteran corner. Heard a lot of different decisions. And not saying that you're wrong. And not saying that you're right. But just kind of want to see where your mind's at. What you think that this front office has been able to do. I think they've done a lot of really good things so far. Going into the draft, I did think they were going to get a corner. They didn't. They went and got two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, and two running backs. That's that's where they felt like the value was at. That's where they felt comfortable selecting. That's what they did. Not saying all those guys are going to make the team, but that's who's going to be in camp competing. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. The phone line is wide open like some old school TV antenna, 702-365-9200. I got this text from Raider Richie in Arizona. Said, Mark Medina's not showing no love for my Phoenix Suns. We closing up the series game six. And it's so funny. I didn't ask him about the Suns. And I didn't ask him about the Warriors because I kind of feel like, like you said, Raider Richie, I mean, the Suns are going to close things up game six. I think the Warriors are going to do the same thing. I don't know if you saw what Steph Curry said about Memphis, what they're going to do to Memphis tonight. And he said, whoop that trick. (laughs) And anyone who doesn't know what he means by that, uh, there was a movie. There was a movie. um, uh, Now I can't remember the name of the damn movie. Yeah, Hustle and Flow. It's hard out here for a pimp. Anyway, so one of the songs was whoop that trick. Whoop that, you know, it was, it was great. The Grindhouse, the Grindhouse uh, they, Grizzlies used to actually play that. Right. And the crowd would start chanting it because. Right. Well, and, the, and they're and, the Memphis Grizzlies. Exactly. So basically he used he used their their slogan against them and their 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 saying against them. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that's that's cool and funny. And sometimes I could light a fire underneath the team. So we'll see what it does tonight. But uh, I think that the Suns are, are are back on track. They're playing some really good ball. And I think that when the Warriors and the Suns go up against each other, man, it's going to be one hell of a dogfight. I mean, it really is. Those two teams are going to, man, they're going to be something. So uh, thank you, Raider Richie, for that text. Also got a text, uh, Hugh and Jared, the best burgers, like the best tacos, are always in the dingy spots in the hood. That's been there for your whole childhood. Just win, baby. Uh, That's from the 479. Uh, Geese Mode said, really? Chicken tenders? Washington football team quarterback eats like a five-year-old. That's from Big L. <laughs> or no, that's a Big L. Yeah. Hey, man, that's that's real. That's real. When I was in Texas, I, there was a coach of the basketball team that used to come on our show all the time, and he used to despise chicken tenders. He said, man, you are not a man if you're eating chicken tenders. Chicken tenders are for kids. It's not even real. 
So I, I, he would get so mad. And, and my co-host, Stephen Simcox, always is like, Coach, I'm comfortable with my chicken tenders. He's like, man, you need to man up, Stephen. You're a father. You need to man up. Stop being such You're a... You're a father? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's a classic. That's a stuff that, like, whenever that gets started, it's like, shut up. I right. Am. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q, the only decision that I disagree with our front office during this offseason was not getting a season offensive lineman. However, with June 1st coming right around the corner and players will be released, I think it's very important that our new regime grabs a veteran offensive lineman. We need depth at the position, but most importantly, we need to protect Derek Carr other than that. I'm extremely, I'm extremely happy that the direction we're going in, Raiders, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, let's see, we got another one. Uh, oh, Gizmo hit us back. I love the current direction of the team, but since you're pressing for a, a critic, I'll say that besides the obvious upgrade at wide receiver, have we really improved the team as a net positive? The offensive line has been... Uh, fortified hasn't been fortified with a proven veteran secondary is still young and we got rid of our best corner linebackers are a push but hey at least we have a big stable of running backs it's early and i'm still hopeful let's go raiders that's from geese mode again and i'll say this i think i think that the the roster of the raiders is is currently a lot better right now than it was last year that's just my opinion i think it's a it's a lot better I think that they, they have a, a real positive direction that they're going. Of course, there's a nice blend of guys from last year and some new guys that they brought in that can help uh, kind of show the, the the veterans and the guys that are already there uh, the direction that Josh McDaniels wants to go. So I think that this current roster is a lot better than the roster from uh, from a year ago. But that's just me. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Raider Rock, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Hey, what's Long up? Time. This is called from Korea. Raider Rock, uh, call from Korea. Yeah. Yes. How have you, you been? I'm blessed, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, uh, before I go into what, what I think we're, we're still missing, I just wanted to talk about your burger. Because <laughs> I'm a big burger guy myself. And in Korea, yeah, there's a big burger trend. The problem is, like, you know, they're, they're, they're not using good, like, a mixture patty. So they're using a lot of sauces to cover up, like their flaws. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so you know, Korea's got a little little bit to go, but but the awareness is there that a burger is a good meal. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Yeah. So in terms of like, like what what I think we're missing is, you know, I, I think the secondary. You you've always talked about we need someone a veteran cornerback. And I agree with you, but I think the bigger flaw is I, I don't know if we have a, a strong safety that, that, that can really work in the scheme right now. Mm-hmm. You've always mentioned, you know, like Jonathan Abrams is, is you know, not so great in coverage. And the way, the way the system, as I understand, is you need a lot of flexibility. You need people who can both cover and tackle. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the strong safety position you know, if we're trying to shore up against the run, I think that's an important position that, that kind of remains suspect. So I'll let you talk about it and, and, and uh, you know, let other listeners get on. But, but good catching up with you. Hey, you too, brother. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. That was Raider Rock right there, Seoul, Korea. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Let me see you top that, Vinny. Let me see you top that, Vinny. Got a call from Seoul. With Seoul. <laughs> like Vinny come running around the corner. What the hell is this guy yelling at? <laughs> I do that every day. I do that at least once a day. I start yelling and screaming, and everyone in the building is like, uh-oh, what's going on? They don't know yet. I haven't been here long enough to know that whether that's Q or is all of a sudden did he just flip out and become disgruntled. <laughs> like, like there's someone around the corner right now like, 
Is that what they mean by a disgruntled black guy? <laughs> is that the angry black guy or is that the cool happy guy? <laughs> so I'm still in that in, in that range where they're still not sure yet. But no, it's all it's all good. Don't worry. Selling Kirby's. No, nah, we're just having a good time. But <laughs> anyway, uh, going to the the safety the safety conversation real quick. Jonathan Abram, I think, like Austin Gale said, we had him on the show earlier, is really good near the line of scrimmage. You know, put him up in the box. I don't know who's going to be that guy in the back end with Trayvon Merrick. Is it going to be Jerron Harmon? They brought him in earlier. He could play that role. I do think that that's an area, you know, could it be Tyree Gillespie? Remember, he's on the roster. He's the guy that they had last year. They drafted him last year. He could play a, a bigger role. Could be. I'm not sure. But I do think, like Raider Rock just said, that's something that has to be addressed because you don't want Jonathan Abram to have to float around in coverage all the time. Every once in a while, sure. But his strength is near the line of scrimmage. And you saw it last season on display before he got injured. And he was doing some really good stuff up near the line of scrimmage. That's where you really want to keep him. Keep him in that box where he can really be physical and put his will on, on, on the opposing teams. I think that that's a great role for him. I don't know if that's how this Patrick Graham defense is going to be ran, but that's what I think is the best role for him. Uh, Vegas Pete said the autumn wind is blowing in spring. Las Vegas, the new windy city. Man, it is windy. It has been super windy. Can we cut this stuff out? I don't even have grass anymore, so I don't have to cut my grass, but now I got all these damn flowers flying over onto my fake grass. So now I gotta now I gotta go and get the blower that I turn into a vacuum and I gotta suck those things up like every Saturday. That's Vegas. That's, that, the fun one's gonna be when you're like, I'm stuck in a storm, and they're like, Oh no, 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 this is normal. I'm telling you, brother. It's it's been it's been super windy. I'm not gonna lie, it has been super, super windy. Uh, let's see. One more quick text. Q, I have to ask, but who is the new voice behind the mic? Did you say it's Jared? If so, I'm available. But remember, I never bring sand to the beach. Lock that up. Sincerely, Kayla and Eva LaRue, <laughs> which is really from Sir Whiskey Ray. There's got to be a Kayla reference before we wrap up the show, right? Vinny Bonsignor is up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Tomorrow I'll be broadcasting all the way live from Raiders HQ as we'll start to talk about the schedule. The schedule release won't happen until Vinny's on the air, but we'll really deep dive into the NFL schedule, so that'll come to you tomorrow. But uh, Vinny Bonsignor, 4 to 6 p.m., he's in your ear hole next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.